Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. to today's podcast. It is Monday, May the 8th, 2023, and I uh, hope you guys had a great weekend. We are uh, continuing our journey through the New Testament. We are reading Acts chapter 2 today. Um, lots of graduation stuff going on. Probably uh, if you have sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, siblings, getting married or getting uh graduating from high school college preschool something it's that time of the year um yeah so we uh we had that going on in the rolling house this weekend kind of the first uh of a couple of different things coming up for graduation and um yeah it's fun fun stuff so i'm sure be more to come so um yeah so this morning is the or today is the first day we're doing uh, podcast only. So if you're hearing this, obviously you're hearing it on the podcasts. Um, so we're not on Facebook Live or uh, social media live uh, for the next few months. But just make it a little bit easier just with um, schedules and um, just the logistics of trying to make it happen. So, yeah, but... Um, We'll continue to be on the podcast as normal. It's usually recorded in the morning, so um, the podcast is usually going to be uh, available, uh, I'd say, by 9 o'clock Eastern time, just so you kind of know what to expect when it will be uh, available. And um, available on all, pretty much all the platforms uh, where you get your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, um, so if you're wondering if it's on other platforms, you can find it in other places too. Spotify, um, yeah. Just search for Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. You'll find it. It's out there. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's do it. Let's dive into Acts chapter two. We uh, just, you know, we just read. There's no, uh, it's unscripted. Just kind of read through, see what uh, stands out to us and um, see what the Lord has to say to us. Acts chapter two. You know what we do? Read, we pray change the world. Let's do it. Acts chapter 2. Very, very famous passage. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, it's about Pentecost, and I I think Pentecost Sunday may be... I'll have to, it's coming up here in a few weeks. It's 50 days after Easter, and uh, it's usually right around the 1st of uh, June. So, um, yeah, so Pentecost Sunday will be, uh, will be here pretty soon. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Remember, they, the disciples were all in the upper room um, as Jesus had commanded them. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power, and they had done, done that. And so it's the day of Pentecost, now 50 days um, after Easter, after Passover, I should say. And uh, they were all together in one place. And suddenly 
a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. It was like a, a sound, like a wind. From heaven, uh, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Wow, that must have been pretty powerful, right? They just uh, the the sound of of a wind kind of fills the room, and they saw. So this is probably more like a vision, right? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separate and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow. So these uh, these vision of a of a tongue of fire is kind of placed on they kind of see it um, on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This has never happened. This is this is uh, this never happened. Right. This is like the. Uh, First time a large group of people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, right here on the day of Pentecost, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues. And as the Spirit enabled them. And so, what is that? We're going to find out more what those tongues actually, um, the effect. The speaking in tongues had you'll see this in a little just in just a moment but yeah it's like the supernatural vision supernatural sound and supernatural experience now they were staying in jerusalem now there were staying in jerusalem god-fearing jews from every nation under the sun under under heaven sorry i'm just making stuff up here under heaven when they heard the sound now presumably the sound of i'm guessing the sound of just people speaking in tongues and just the the um, excitement of that, right? A crowd came together in bewilderment because each of, here we go, each one heard their own language spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? So this particular manifestation of the gift of tongues uh, is an is a actual language. It's an actual language that was understood by people. So, um, you know, in the scripture, there there's unknown languages. Um, you know, the, Paul talked about. I, I pray that you would speak with the tongues of men and of angels. At one point, he says, "Though I speak in, with tongues more than all of you," um, that that's the different kind. That's more of a prayer tongue that uh, is. A, one of the gifts, one of the many gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is unique in that it's not a prayer language. This is an understandable, actual uh, language, a human language that is understood by people, right? Because these people, the disciples are speaking in these, un, they don't know these languages by, you know, they haven't been trained in them, they haven't learned them, but they're communicating and people are hearing the gospel in their native language. Now, here's the interesting thing, and it doesn't really say, but what did it sound like in as the disciples were speaking? Did it, did it, were they speaking? Because the people says the people heard it in their own language, but does that mean that they were, they were actually speaking it in their own language? Or were they speaking in an unknown tongue and God just sort of translated it <laughs> so that they heard and understood it in their own language? Uh, or were they speaking their native language? 
which that doesn't seem to be the case because they obviously they they were filled with an unknown. They were spoken tongues or spoken. They were aware of this supernatural gift. Um. So I don't know. It's interesting, but they all heard it. The, the miracle, though, the miracle though, is that they each of these people from all. Now remember, they were still in Jerusalem. Uh, well, they're in Jerusalem for Passover or for Pentecost now. So you got people from all over the place for the for this festival, and the Spirit it fills the disciples, and people start to hear the gospel uh, from in their own language, which is amazing, right? Because now this is how the gospel is going to just fan out all over the place, and it will. I mean, historically, this is part of the reason the gospel spread so rapidly is because all these people had converged on Jerusalem for Passover. They hear the gospel preached through the spirit-filled disciples, and then they go back to their native languages, and when they go back, what do they go back with? They go back with the gospel. They go back saved. They go back different people. And so they go back into their communities, and they, they start sharing what they've heard. And that's why sometimes Paul on his missionary journeys and others, uh, they go and find these, um, these groups of believers who are worshiping, who are following Jesus. Uh, and need guidance, yes, need instruction, need some uh, support, but they are uh, they're starting to thrive. And some of those are re direct result of Passover, or yeah, Passover. I'm oh, no, sorry, Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost. So verse 7, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't, these, aren't all of these speaking Galileans? So they're not, how are these people speaking in our native tongue? They're from Galilee. How is this possible? How is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Wow. Amazed. Verse 12, and perplexed. Of course, they're like, what is going on? <laughs> How is this even possible? What is happening here? What does this mean? They asked. Verse 13, some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. <laughs> they said, these old boys, they must be, they must be drinking. Because <laughs> they didn't understand it. Just not like chaos, right? Like just some craziness. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. So Peter's going to explain, no, this is what you're saying here. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Peter's going to preach. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only, the, it is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day. So now what Peter is saying is what you're seeing in your presence right now is what was prophesied long ago from the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. So what you're seeing is a pouring out of God's spirit, right? I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. 
I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm. So what Peter's saying by, he's quoting this, this prophecy by jo, of Joel, and he's saying, this, is, this was prophesied. This was, this was predicted. This, we, God told you that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh, and what was told to you is you are seeing it. What has been promised to us, we are, we are living it out right now. We are, we are seeing the manifestation of God's outpouring of his spirit. And the results of that will be sons and daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. On men and women, both the spirit we poured out, which, by the way, that's one of the one of the key texts that not the only key text, but one of the key texts for the um, for both men and women given permission to preach, both men and women. Right here from Joel chapter two, or or Acts chapter two, but from Joel as well. That it's men and women. That it's uh, God's going to pour out His Spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. And this is really this this uh, <clears throat> this uh, prophecy from Joel. I mean, it's really like saying this is like a this is like a uh, almost like a eschatological prophecy or end time prophecy. It's like when Joel. This is like this is it's entering a new era. Like the, the in the the quote the last days, <laughs> the last days sometimes last a while, right? But from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns, those are the last days, and it's going to be the uh, it's going to be the, the the era of the activity of the Spirit of God, the Church moving through the people of God, and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Fellow Israelites, Peter's still preaching here. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God by to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did, a, did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead. That's two verses, two, two words in the Bible right there, isn't it? But God, <laughs> he nailed him to the cross, but God, I was at the end of my rope, but God, I didn't know where to go, but God, yeah, man, how many times can you say in your life, you know, I was in this situation, but, but for the grace of God, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible. I love that verse. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Why? The resurrection power, man. Raise him up. David said about him, I saw the Lord before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Hmm. The prophecy of Jesus, right? Like Jesus is like the kind of thing that Je Jesus would not see decay, right? Verse 29. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently 
that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day, but he was a prophet and knew that God had promised on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. So he's saying, yeah, David said this, but we know that David did die and his body did decay. So he was speaking prophetically about someone who would come after him, one of his descendants, namely Jesus. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of dead, nor did his body see decay. God raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Hmm. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Wow. Peter's just laying it out, man. He's laying it out. He's saying, he's saying what you're seeing here is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that has been uh, predicted, prophesied, long ago through the prophet Joel David himself when it came to speaking about uh, the resurrection of Jesus um said that his would not see decay and so what Peter is showing through the word of God and through their own history and through what they're seeing experientially that a couple of things. One, that this is this was predicted in the past, but two, that this what they're seeing in the these people being filled with the Holy Spirit and and speaking in tongues and and this supernatural experience, it's rooted in Jesus. Like what they're seeing, he's he's building the connection between this experience and Jesus. That this is all connected. That because Jesus Christ lived and died and God rose, raised him from the dead, and now he has seated at the right hand of God, he has done what he said he will do. He has now poured out his spirit on all flesh. It's a continuation of what Jesus did. It's a continuation of what God had planned. That this, He's letting them know that this experience that you're seeing on the day of Pentecost is not something detached. It's not some unrelated phenomenon. No, it is directly connected to Jesus' ministry. And it's a continuation on the plan, continuation of the plan of God to save the world. So they let, therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this: God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified. What He's both the Lord and the Messiah. Now this is a pretty and pretty strong indictment on the people, right? Like you just crucified the Lord and the Messiah. Verse thirty-seven. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Mm, that's, the, that's the effect of spirit-filled preaching and the Spirit's work of conviction. <laughs> they hear the word of God and they immediately look inward and they ask, what do we, Now, so what should I do? What should we do? And Peter says, what? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what do you do? You repent. You turn to God. 
From there, you you're, be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's a great word. It's a promise for everyone. Pray for our, promise for our children, our children's children, right? for all of you and your children, for all who are far off. Mm. Peter makes it pretty simple. Like what, you know, we, we can complicate things about what does it mean to, to be saved, but it's actually pretty simple. <laughs> you, you repent. You turn. Turn your, turn your heart away from selfishness and um, the idols that may capture your heart and turn your heart towards Christ and have a God-directed life. And you'll what? You'll receive forgiveness of sins and new life. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 <laughs> were added to their number that day. Three thousand. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, pretty good church day of church right there, man. Three thousand saved on the day of Pentecost. And watch this: is what they do. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So you think, man, this amazing outpouring of the Spirit. How did they? How did they live coming out of that? Because the Christian life is not just it's not just a mountaintop experience, right? It's not just a you know, one emotional <laughs> charge after the other. In other words, how do you, what's the rhythm look like? What does the rhythm of life look like? And, and here in Acts chapter 2, the latter part, which we can kind of see what the early church was doing. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the what? To Scripture, to the Word of God, to what the apostles had told them about Jesus. They devoted themselves to that. To fellowship, what koinonia is the Greek word. It's koinonia, doing life together. It's fellowship is more than more than potlucks and uh, banana pudding, man. You know, it's doing life together. <laughs> I know some church folk; they don't think they fellowship unless there's a banana pudding there, man. They all just playing. Where's the banana pudding? No, fellowship is. I mean, it's yeah, food's important with that, but it's really it's about compasses more than that, right? It's about doing life together, like processing life, you know, doing fun, processing the challenges, um, helping each other work out their faith, uh, applying their faith to the way they live, uh, looking for ways to reach out to the lost, all of that and more. Just doing life together, walking through each other with each other through valleys and through mountaintops, with the love of Christ, with the teachings of Christ, with the gospel, saturating the whole thing. That's koinonia. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The breaking of bread is, uh, of course, just a literal food. It's a, it's a, it's, uh, it's eating together. Bread. Let's break bread, but it's also, uh, you know, communion. And worship, and they spent time in, together in prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So here they're sharing, and if they see anyone in the community that has a need, a physical need, um, they find a way to meet it. Um, now, some people get crazy with this. They're like, oh, this sounds like communism. Well, first of all, no. <laughs> Second of all, this is voluntary, um, spirit-led behavior. This is not mandated by a government. So it's a totally different situation. It's not you know some third party taking from one person and giving to another. That is not what's happening. This is a family filled with the Holy Spirit who find ways to meet one another's needs so that the whole family can be stronger. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So they meet together in the temple courts, which is corporate worship. <laughs> I always laugh because sometimes people say, oh, we need to get back to the early church where it was all house churches. Well, it was house churches because there were no church buildings. You do realize that, right? Because it just started. And B, they also met daily in corporate worship in the temple courts. So they met regularly in the temple courts, and they met house. They did both. They did both. They met in the temple courts, which was a large corporate worship gathering, and they met in homes. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow. Man. Pray that uh, we would see that that the Lord would add daily to those being saved in our churches and in our ministries and our uh, communities. Right? Yeah, that's what it's about, man. Doing life together, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and with the people of God, praying together, doing life together, and seeing those who are far from God found. That's uh. That's what it's about. Evangelism, discipleship, worship, mission, um, fellowship. That's what it's all about. And with that, we see uh, the impact of the kingdom. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord um, is saved. That's awesome. All right, you guys, thanks for being on today. Hey, let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we receive your Spirit once more today. We ask that you would fill us and help us to um, actively be those who disciple, who fellowship, who pray, who reach out to the lost. Lord, we pray that we would see daily those who would come to Christ. So Lord, help us to be your hands and feet today. Help us to, our eyes and hearts to be open, that we can be used by you uh, to do your will. God bless my friends today. Whatever they have going on, may you encourage them and strengthen them. Give them the peace and the power that they need for today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. We're going to be on the podcast for a while now, so we won't be doing video for a minute. So spread the word. Let people know. Thank you for sharing, liking, subscribing, all that good stuff. Really appreciate that. Thank you for getting the word out about the podcast. Have a great Monday. Have a great week whenever you're listening to this. Enjoy your day. Love you guys. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.